0: This is Mike Delt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show, we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. And thank you for joining me with the Relax Back UK show this week, which is made possible by the kind sponsorship of AlgaCells. AlgaCells uses the body's own stem cells ability to regenerate tissue to treat joint and spine injuries and pain. Check out their website, algacells.com. This week we have this.
1: A solution for people to help uh, understand and manage their health in a better way and to get better access uh, to tailored high quality health information.
0: Daniel Nathrap is founder and CEO of Ada Health, which is an automated system to access health expertise. We cover lots of areas, including how the system has been compared with the real thing.
1: And appropriateness of the triage advice was tested, uh, and it's on. It's it's very close to being on
2: par with human doctors.
0: Then something that is really worth avoiding if you can.
2: And a lot of those bad bacteria cause the symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome uh, and and cause that gas production, the cramping, the loose motions, the constipation.
0: Dr Amir Khan talks about IBS, that's irritable bowel syndrome, but we also get a little bit sidetracked on an idea from the last Secretary of State for Health and Social Care.
2: It's a very silly idea. She also talked about um, giving out her own antibiotics to her friends and family, and that is just, quite frankly dangerous
0: now the good news is that they were only in post for a few days but it is possible that the bad news is that uh she's now secretary of state for the environment Uh, so that's a bit of a sigh but anyway please do stick around for a great show thank you
3: That makes you feel good.
4: Nagging pain. We at AlgaCells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopaedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. cells. Part of a network of 50 RegenX clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alka-Cells, Life is more beautiful with less pain.
3: A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant juice bar and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind body and spirit connection cancer patients are offered free sessions to find out more please visit us at hellolove.org uk health radio the station that makes you feel good
0: I recently attended the Codex conference in London and that gives new and exciting technologies a platform. At that conference, I met Daniel Nathraf and he's founder and CEO of Ada Health. And um, I asked him what it was that
1: Ada has done to warrant me at the conference. Thank you very much, Mike, for having me. Um, so our company was founded um, 11 years ago actually by a British scientist, a German scientist, and I'm just the business guy. So I I personally haven't developed that that much. But uh, I'm I'm running the business side of things. Ada uh, is basically um, a solution for people to help uh, understand and manage their health in a better way and to get better access uh, to tailored high quality health information. It works pretty much as if you could do a WhatsApp chat with your trusted GP. Uh, except that um, the uh, the quote unquote person interacting with you is actually artificial intelligence. Okay. Um, so uh, you start with uh, what would be called your presenting complaint. For instance, you you start saying I have a headache, uh, and then the like a very good GP taking the patient history. Uh, would do it, the app starts asking questions and starts narrowing it down through a series of questions. Um, And at the end of this question flow, which usually only takes about five minutes, uh, you get two main things. The first thing is uh, a list of uh, conditions which might be the cause of your medical problem ranked by probability. And the second thing is some advice on what to do next to to fix your problem. Okay, so
0: let let me just jump in there with a a question. So I I, this morning I've been wrestling with my tax, actually, and that's included. uh, I've had to use one of these systems with my bank who asks questions and what have you. So I I found that it's if you spell something slightly wrong or, you you know, you just say something in a funny way because you're in a hurry. It's quite easy to confuse the robot. Um is is your is your system a little more sophisticated than my bank
1: i, I hope it is. Uh, I don't know your bank, but uh, i've I've gone through the frustrations of such automated uh, systems uh, and uh, so we spent a lot of time over the last uh, years working with user experience researchers and uh, to give you a little bit more background, originally we had actually built a system for doctors. we worked with two professors, uh, probably the uh, most distinguished professors for early cancer diagnosis who are members of the Royal College of General Practitioners in the UK. Uh, One of my co-founders is British. uh, And uh, and then over the years, we realized that the demand was even stronger on the patient side. But we also understood that the language patients speak is different than the language doctors speak. So if a doctor would say abdominal pain, a patient might say tummy ache. So we had to translate everything back to patient friendly language, which we did. And we also have a system that uh, similar to when you enter terms uh, in Google, it will automatically suggest uh, the terms for you. So if you misspell something similarly to to Google, it will give you suggestions. And you can pick from a list of suggestions. So our app has now been downloaded over 12 million times, over a million times in the UK. So we have over a million users in in the UK, um, and uh, we are actually the app, the medical app uh, worldwide that has the most five star reviews uh, ever. Okay. Um, and so, so I hope that people uh, find find value in it and do not find it overly difficult to use. No, good,
0: good point. D- does it continually learn? Like, is it an AI system? So, if it comes across uh, a way of describing, I don't know, a headache or something that it hasn't before, will it store that and remember it for next time?
1: So, what we try to build is a sort of a continuous uh, feedback loop cycle. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't automatically learn. So, it's not like we're changing the algorithms based on input from the patients. But we have a team of, uh, of doctors, we have a team of full-time uh, employed, more than 60 doctors trained in 20 countries who constantly and continuously improve the medical knowledge base behind our system. Right. Um, and we have statistical methods uh, where, uh, to simplify it, if ADA were to, for a certain constellation of symptoms, if ADA were to always suggest it's disease A, um but uh, we always get the feedback uh that it's actually disease b uh then this would be flagged uh to our uh, to our in-house doctors and they would uh challenge the uh, the, the 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 statistical assumptions uh that are made yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's a learning system uh but we always have an expert or, or, or several experts in the loop to to ensure that uh, the learning actually goes in the right direction. All right,
0: and the the information that is given by the patient that's that's all sort of typed in. So there's no the the camera isn't uh, being used at, at this this stage. Is that correct? Not at this
1: stage. Uh, we're, we're obviously we have a research team that's been working for years on on a few things. Uh, it's been working on integrating sensors and in wearables data. Uh, it's also um been working on how to integrate certain lab data. Uh, and we've we've been experimenting with uh various systems. There are nowadays technologies out there where you where you point the smartphone camera at you and they can measure certain vitals. Mm. Uh, we, we have found that so far these systems um are not Uh, fail proof enough, they're not they're not completely accurate. uh, And we have a very high standard for medical accuracy. So, uh, so as of right now, the the freely available consumer app uh, that is in the iOS App Store and in the Google Play Store, uh, completely relies on patient reported symptoms and findings. Similarly to how when you go to your GP, The first thing is they take the patient history before they even go into a physical examination uh, or or start touching you. Usually they will just listen to you. And that's basically what ADA covers today. But we're already in the U.S. We've started offering direct-to-consumer lab tests, which can be ordered to your home. Uh, And the next step for ADA is to increase the usefulness uh, of ADA by... um, integrating this type of data and enriching the profile, the health profile of the user. And then another iteration will be to integrate sensors and wearables data where you start collecting the data on a continuous basis, in a passive way, where you don't have to actively type things in. Yeah. Uh, and we've been testing and uh, and validating lots and lots and lots of different uh, technologies that we will want to integrate all the way wearables
0: is an area that fascinates me and I I think it's going to be just huge and yeah, I I might (laughs) okay so I'm not a medical person at all this is in my world but I'm just thinking this is going to take off and actually help an awful lot of people
1: yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm actually uh, often one of the guinea pigs for for the technology that we're testing. Uh, it's in, in the tech world, this is called dog fooding. Basically, you test, you feed yourself your own product before you unleash it on on the general public. Uh, so my Ada profile actually is already integrated with the full genome sequencing uh, I have done. So Ada already knows I have a three times higher risk of gout and of celiac disease than the average person. I don't have these conditions, but if you and I were to enter the exact same abdominal pain symptoms, in my case, Ada would already take into account that I have a three times higher genetic risk of the celiac disease being the cause. So celiac disease would actually be flagged higher in my case than in your case where we don't know any of these things. So this gives you an an idea of how eventually using technologies like this can help both patients and doctors get to much more personalized assessments. And then when you combine that with the power of wearables, then it gets really interesting. One big area that we have been looking at is metabolic health. Uh, so I've even though I don't have diabetes, I've been experimenting with some of these continuous blood glucose monitoring systems and been feeding this data into my ADA profile. And this is where it's really, really interesting because you can... You, you sort of uh, start combining all the different sources of health data, computing them against each other. And the ambition is to then eventually get to a stage where you can uh, sort of detect problems even before they start manifesting themselves in symptoms. That's and fantastic. by doing that, we hope to increase the usefulness for the individual user, but also we see huge potential for health systems to reduce cost. Because if you catch things much, much earlier, then of course, uh, that's much better than someone actually developing full blown diabetes, and and then it's much harder to control. Actually,
0: I I wanted to ask you about how ADA can be used with kind of a a wider health service. So if you'd say, say, take the UK, for instance, we have the NHS, which, you know, people in the UK, mostly know and, and love, could something like ADA, be used to kind of supplement gps or give information to gps before the patient comes or maybe that's happening already if you know if a million people have downloaded it in the uk
1: so so absolutely Uh, so we are we are um we're actually and we have been trying to work with the nhs as you know uh you know my wife is from the uk she's a she's a uh uh, a trained uh, doctor a pediatrician and geneticist uh, from the uk she's also my co-founder uh so I, I i also lived we lived in in london for a few years so i'm i'm very familiar with how beloved the the nhs is and how how great of an institution it is but uh, if you are a, a digital health technology provider it's not that easy to break into because it's not one big nhs but it's broken down into trusts AHSMs and so wow. CCGs, you have to go through through a lot of steps, um, but absolutely, I think uh, the technology could help improving access, could improve access, and also improve the patient doctor interaction. We are already working in the U.S. with very innovative health systems. One of them being Kaiser Permanente, where we are. Uh, their digital front door ai provider so what, what that is,
0: is, is that an insurance company kaiser? Oh,
1: kaiser permanente is um if i may say so is probably one of the most innovative integrated health systems in the world they uh they have about 14 million members uh and in a way they're comparable to the nhs because uh, they're at the same time the insurance provider but they also own and operate the hospitals they employ the doctors so it's like with the nhs you get everything out of out of the same out of one hand so uh kaiser permanent covers everything for you and uh they did a, a very very intense and thorough vetting of technology providers and chose us uh to basically be become their digital front door ai provider which means Uh, people interact with Ada before they go see the doctor. We also work with Sutter Health, which is a large health system uh, on the west coast of the United States as well. Um, And what happens in these instances is that people use Ada, they have this pre-assessment with Ada, and then at the end of that, they get the opportunity to book an appointment with a physician who is a Kaiser Permanente or a Sutter Health physician. Ada helps to pre-qualify what it might be, directs the patient to the right next step in the system. And then if the patient chooses to do so, they can share the outcome of this pre-assessment with the physician ahead of the appointment. Uh, So the idea is really not to replace the physician, but to make the patient-doctor interaction much more efficient. Uh, what, What happens is that we have in a way, automated the taking of the uh, patient history so the doctor doesn't have to start from a completely blank sheet of paper, but they can see at a glance, these are the symptoms the patient is reporting, and based on that, the, the system is suggesting to uh, pursue these tests and investigations to either confirm or invalidate the the, the probable conditions that the system sure. suggests.
0: Okay. Can, can the system
1: get... Um... I was going to say a bit bolshy, but I
0: didn't really mean that. If if you're if you're putting in your symptoms, and it seems like hmm, actually this bloke is pretty ill, he he needs to go and see a doctor now. Will we'll Ada say, look, stop what you're doing, go and see a doctor now, or even yes. call an ambulance?
1: Yes. So so Ada has what we call um, different triage levels. So there are there are more than ten different triage levels, which range all the way from. Um, from go to the A e immediately. Um, uh, and on the other end of the spectrum, it could be, you know, go back to bed, have another cup of tea. Uh, we actually did a we did an experiment in a large uh, GP practice in Waterloo in London where we put ADA into the hands of 500 people already sitting in the waiting room. Uh, and we said, you're, "You're sitting here. You know, you you uh, you have nothing else to do anyway. Why don't you enter the reason you're sitting here today uh, in the system?" And 500 people did this. We asked them afterwards, uh, "Would you use it again? Would you recommend it? Was it a good experience?" Uh, this was all in the 90% positive range. But we also asked if you had had this at home, would you actually be sitting here? And then 15% of people said. No, this would have actually given me peace of mind. This uh, I wouldn't have needed to take up the time of the doctor. I wouldn't have needed to make the trip to the GP. I would have had another cup of tea. I would have gone straight to the pharmacy. Now, if you think about it from the perspective of the NHS, there's a, a huge cost savings and efficiency gain potential there if you could free up uh, a, a lot of GP and doctor capacity. Uh, by basically eliminating 15% of appointments, which wouldn't have needed to take place. So if I think of the NHS, there's obviously NHS 111, which relies on triage, sort of static decision tree, uh, triage algorithms, which are decades old. uh, And the the call handling is done by people who do not have medical training. Uh, So there are studies out there. Uh, there's one actually in the British Medical Journal where Ada's um, uh, medical accuracy and also the safety and uh, and uh, and appropriateness of the triage advice was tested, uh, and it's on it's it's very close to being on par with human doctors. Okay. Uh, so I am convinced uh, that the NHS would benefit from using our technology to actually. Uh, power, and to a certain degree, possibly also replace what is NHS 111 today. Uh, That's a conversation I would love to have. But we are we're doing more with the NHS. Uh, It's it's already starting to get linked up, Uh, we we are starting a partnership with a large GP uh, network called modality uh, partnership, which is one of the largest GP supergroups in the UK. Uh, And uh, we're in the process of deploying ADA as their digital front door for care. Uh,
0: You you mentioned how ADA has been compared to, you know, face to face real doctors uh, and and comes up very well. Is is that actually um, uh, proven? You know, that's not not an in-house study, but, uh, you know, there's a paper that I can read somewhere that is peer reviewed and actually proves that.
1: Yes, I will be happy to share. So there there are several studies. Um, There's there's one that was published in the British Medical Journal, I think, uh, a bit over a year ago, uh, where professors um, from various universities uh, designed uh, 200 uh, case vignettes uh, where they tested ADAS performance versus other automated systems. Uh, and uh, where ADA came, came came out way ahead, but also compared the uh, performance to seven practicing U- UK GPs. Um, and in this case, when it came to nailing the diagnosis, the UK GPs were slightly ahead of ADA still. Remember, this was over a year ago, and we keep learning every day, tens of thousands of cases. Um, and, but on the safety and appropriateness appropriateness of the triage advice, so even if the diagnosis doesn't get nailed, we never call it a diagnosis, by the way, because obviously the, the diagnosis can only be made by a human doctor, uh, but uh, the, the safety of the triage advice, so basically, you have to go to the NE immediately, if that was the case, ADA was already on par with doctors, So so that is very important, even if it were to if ADA were to suggest it's a pulmonary embolism and in reality it's a heart attack or the other way around, mm-hmm. the most important thing is go to the emergency room, go to the ANE, oh. uh, and and uh, and and there ADA really already excels.
0: Okay. All right. So tell me, can can ADA be pretty much downloaded anywhere in the world at the moment?
1: Yes. So ADA is absolutely free. You can go to the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store, which covers most uh, phone systems. It's in Uh, 150 countries. It's available in, uh, I believe, uh, as of today, 11 languages. And in that calculation, I think I'm not including the difference between uh, British English and American English. That that was a big problem we had in the beginning. Uh, When we first developed the system, uh, you know, my my co-founders are from the UK and from Germany. I'm obviously from Germany, as you can hear by my accent. But there was the question, should we use American English or British English? And we started with American English, but we were testing it with UK doctors. Oh. And the feedback was, yeah, yeah, the accuracy is fine. It's really, really great. But what is this strange? Why are you using this strange spelling? And all that. So that was the bigger concern. So we, have, we had to have uh, an American and a, a, and a British version. That was very important. Uh, But we also um, have it in in Spanish, French, Portuguese, uh, German, uh, Mandarin Chinese, Arabic, uh, Bahasa Indonesian, uh, even in Swahili and in Romanian. So so there are quite a few languages in, in which it's already available. Uh, and, and that's actually potentially an added benefit in certain settings. Our partners uh, in the U.S., where they have a high percentage of Spanish-speaking uh, people, mm-hmm. they value that people can actually use it in patient-friendly Spanish. But then when the assessment, the result of the assessment is shared with the doctor, the doctor gets it in doctor language in English because it's all structured data. So it can really help improve the patient-doctor interaction as well.
0: Wow. And so um, I I know you're a very busy guy and you've only got a couple of minutes left. So (laughs) I will try and just ask one more question. Um, Presumably, if you're getting data from all around the world, can you start to, to see how what diseases are prevalent in what parts of or in which countries and even in which parts of which countries, that kind of thing?
1: Yes, we do, and this data is, is highly interesting. Uh, we do have a team of data scientists and epidemiologists who, um, who review this data on an aggregated basis. For instance, uh, in the US, uh, there, were, there was a measles epidemic even before COVID uh, a few years ago, um, and we have about 2 million users in the US. The interesting thing is that people use Ada before they go see the doctor. So we can actually spot things before the authorities see them. Okay. Uh, so with, with, in the case of this measles epidemic, we looked at our data and we could see that Ada uh, the ADA uh, measles cases were going up weeks before the uh, CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, came out with the first announcement that there was a measles epidemic. Uh, the other thing that we can see, and this is something that can actually help policymakers inform their decisions, Uh, We analyzed uh, the data on mental health, which is actually a a fairly large percentage of cases, uh, about one out of three cases uh, in ADA has a mental health component uh, to it. We analyzed the the development of mental health cases during the pandemic. Uh, And obviously, different countries took differently harsh measures when it came to uh, trying to fight the pandemic. For instance, in, in Germany... Uh, schools and kindergartens were, were closed for a long time. And in Switzerland, which is actually a fairly similar country to Germany, they kept things open. Uh, in Germany, uh, depression in children went up by over 100% uh, in oh, that goodness. time frame, whereas in Switzerland, it remained stable. So, so there's so much that can be learned from the data that we're collecting that can inform policy makers, life sciences companies, insurance companies, and certainly it could be helpful to the NHS as well.
0: Yeah, I can see there's some very big public health questions that it, it, it could help to uh, to answer. Okay, right. So no, I, absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for talking. If People are listening to this and thinking, right, I'd like to have a look at this. I'd like to have a go myself. Um, how... How can they get it? How do they download it and use it?
1: So they can just go to uh, the app store and look for Ada Health, ADA, or they can just go to our website where the links are also on there. If they want some more information as well, it's just ada.com, ada.com. Uh, it's completely free. Uh, it just requires registration with an email address. People sometimes ask, why do you need to register with an email address? Because uh, basically. You don't want to have to enter all your information again when you want to do another assessment, Uh, all the basically the underlying information is saved. You don't want to go to your GP uh, and introduce yourself uh, every time you go back to your GP. You hope that the GP builds on uh, what they already know about you. So that's why uh, that's Um. the case. Um, But it's completely free. Uh, More than 12 million people have downloaded it. We have over 30 million cases in the system. Right now, every two or three seconds, someone somewhere in the world is entering a case in ADA.
0: I I can see this growing more and more. So I'll I'll have to invite you back in a few months time to uh, tell us how it's going. But for now, thank you very much indeed, Daniel, for, for taking the time to chat about it.
1: Thank you so much, Mike.
3: Station that makes you feel good.
4: Nagging pain. We at AlgaCells know that a small amount of the patient's own bone marrow and blood cells can treat many painful conditions with regenerative orthopedic therapy. This is an attractive treatment option for painful joints, back pain, sports injuries, and many other conditions. It may avoid the need for surgery altogether. Alga cells. Part of a network of 50 regenx clinics worldwide where over 60,000 patients have been treated and helped. Alga cells Life is more beautiful with less pain.
3: A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant, juice bar and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind body and spirit connection cancer patients are offered free sessions to find out more please visit us at hellolove.org uk health radio the station that makes you feel good
0: Dr. Amir Khan came to, on to talk about irritable bowel syndrome, and he's a very busy chap. He's a GP, does loads of other stuff. So I just started by thanking him for taking the time to come on and chat. No problem. Thank you for having me. So I've got to ask with kind of the most basic question, start with the most basic question, I think. Just just how common is
2: irritable bowel syndrome? How many of us yeah, up with it? it's really common so so most people will realize that you know when they're feeling anxious feeling nervous or if they've got things going on they may notice a change in their in their bowel habits because the bowels are linked to the brain the nervous system uh, uh, is linked to the brain you know, Forgive it me for saying, but you know, when you get scared, you sometimes refer to that as pooing your pants. And there's something in that uh, phrase because the nervousness causes the nerves in the bowel to change and and and, and then changes your bowel habits. Irritable oh. bowel syndrome is 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 a kind of more prolonged version of that. Uh, And and people can get symptoms like stomach cramps, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, and they come and go over time. Sometimes they can last for days, uh, weeks or months at a time, and then they can have a period without it. Uh, uh, We don't know exactly what causes it. uh, uh, But we do think kind of nervousness and and emotions are involved and stress is is certainly, uh, certainly involved. And often it's a diagnosis we make by ruling out other things first. So things like inflammatory bowel uh, syndrome, such as, I don't know, um, uh, Crohn's disease and, uh, and ulcerative colitis, which are more kind of, have a more patho, uh, an illness that we can test for. And it's got a, a pathology behind it that we understand. Whereas IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, is a little bit more difficult to diagnose.
0: Okay. So d- during a, a, like a day's surgery, are mm. you sort of seeing people every day with this?
2: Yeah. Often people come in with this over a number of, of appointments because they come in with symptoms of changes in bowel habits. It's, it affects women more than it affects men, usually peaks between tw- ages 20 to 40, but it can happen at any age. But those are the peak ages. Uh, and, um, and and so people come in and they talk to me about. You know they've had a sudden change in their bowel habits. So it could be loose emotions or abdominal cramps or something like that. And my job really is to make sure it isn't anything more serious than irritable bowel. Now, irritable bowel can be very debilitating and it can be serious for people, but we need to rule out other things first. And we do things like stool tests to check for infections, to check for blood in the stools. We do blood tests as well. If we've ruled out all the I want to say serious, I want to put that in inverted commas because like I say, irritable bowel can be serious for lots of people and can be very debilitating. Then we talk about the symptoms and how we manage the symptoms, because there is no cure for for irritable bowel syndrome. But there are things that people can do to help with their symptoms.
0: So does anyone know why it's become so prevalent? Why are so many people kind of turning up at your surgery uh, with these sort of symptoms?
2: Well, I think, as I said, you know, the the link between mental health and bowel health is is very clear and it is evidence based, and we know now with modern life, particularly now with everything with the cost of living crisis and and, and all of that, you know, people are very stressed, you know, uh, uh, and and mental health is becoming more. Um, talked about but it's it's it is really prevalent you know i can't do a morning clinic or an afternoon clinic without seeing four or five people who come in specifically about their mental health and if i do ask them about their gut health or their bowel symptoms it is you can you, there is a, a correlation so so i think the two are are linked and that is why we're seeing more of them
0: right is it, is, is it ever related to kind of other drugs you know uh, medications that people are having um that yeah but- on sometimes
2: Yes, certainly it, it can be. And, and, and our lifestyle plays a factor because a big part of irritable bowel is, is the health of your gut. So I, I talked a lot about how how kind of the, the, the mental health aspect can affect it. But there are some other things as well. So um, our guts are made up of trillions of bacteria, fungi, viruses uh, who help us uh, digest our food and, and, and manage kind of bowel movements. Uh, and 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 they rely on us feeding them well uh, through through the variety of food we eat through supplements we might we might be happy happy uh, eating um but the other thing is medication can kill some of those uh lovely friendly bacteria fungi and viruses that, that help us antibiotics are a big one they can they can certainly yeah. affect the, the, I, I the friendly specifically- bacteria.
0: I was specifically thinking about that, particularly in light of the new Minister for Health. She can't doesn't she want to give them away like sweeties? I'm sure that's oh not a break. Oh my god,
2: Mike. I I don't even know where to begin with that one, to be honest. You know, the idea. Uh, that making antibiotics more freely available when what we should be doing is safeguarding them more uh, mm-hmm. to prevent kind of widespread resistance because the more people who take them if they don't need them uh, then then that just fosters resistance and we'll end up with more superbugs that we can't treat in the future yeah. uh the other I mean, that, she, that's
0: probably a topic
2: probably a topic
0: for a, a whole other show but certainly yes. when i heard that you know i'm not a medical person at all and i thought hmm that's a silly idea
2: <laughs> it's a very silly idea she also talked about Um, giving out her own antibiotics to her friends and family. And that is just quite frankly dangerous because she doesn't know whether they're on medication and whether that will interact with that medication and cause all sorts of problems for that person. Uh, um, Well, let's just say that that whole idea of making them more available giving your medication to other people dangerous let's leave it at it's that right Look, <laughs> let, we'll park that to one
0: side and uh, yeah i agree let, let's carry, carry on with the, the topic in hand today you know with, with irritable bowel we talked, we've spoken quickly about the symptoms just just kind of reiterate some of those it can be like stomach pain um, yeah so stomach pain
2: and cramps um usually after you've eaten you might get a sudden urge to need to go to the toilet and you get those crampy sensations uh, uh in your tummy and then once you've relieved yourself and opened your bowels you feel uh, uh, better uh, gas uh and feeling bloated is a big part of it and that often goes back to the bad bacteria which we can we can grow in our guts if we're not eating or taking the right kinds of foods uh loose motions and constipation you can alternate uh, uh, between the two and you can feel um, tired and lack energy just because of the way the symptoms can can affect your 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 life as well and and you know it's it's not great you know having all that gas feeling bloated you know can be socially embarrassing as well so so you know there is all of that too okay right so it's it's pretty gruesome it's worth not having so I
0: guess moving on, it's got to be all right. So, how can we avoid getting it in the first place? And if we do have it, what, what, how are you going to help us when I come to see you in the surgery? One of the like couple of people a day, it sounds like, are coming to see you about this problem.
2: How are you going to help me? Well, first of all, I'll, I'll talk about you know how we can relieve any stress and what we can do for that. And that might, you know, often people have such busy lives. You know, I can't take that away from them, but I can talk to them about. Relaxation techniques, ec- good exercise, uh, and and spending time outdoors in terms of trying to improve your your mental health, as well as medication that they may need to improve their uh, their mental health. And then I'm going to talk to them uh, about their their diet as well and what they're eating because I talked about you know this this organism almost that we have in our in our gut called the microbiome and that is those trillions and uh, of, of bacteria viruses and fungi that help us digest food that keep our gut healthy that have been with us since birth and that we have to nurture uh, um, and if they if they you know they, they there's a careful balance between all of them they have to be kept really well for us to to digest food and open our bowels in a nice healthy way and unfortunately because of the way that we eat food and many of us eat food now you know we're eating less fresh food less uh, vegetables and fruit and things like chickpeas and, and lentils and pulses all of those things that are really good for our gut bacteria uh, and 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 microbiome have, have kind of been pushed away and we're eating more processed food and that's a real problem and that causes something called dysbiosis which is an imbalance between the good and the bad bacteria and a lot of those bad bacteria cause the symptoms of Irritable bowel syndrome uh, and and causes that gas production, the cramping, the loose motions, the constipation. So eating the right types of food and getting a very diet is really important. If you can't do that, then there are supplements uh, uh, that you can take. The, the the kind of the prebiotics, you know, that the the, the, to, the the supplements that people take often in yogurt drinks. But I'm I'm talking about goat's milk and this this program that you can use called the Chuckling Goat Program to, yes. to help yes. so replenish I, I, that. I,
0: I, I, when I heard chuckling goat, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. That sounds like a microbrewery. They must be making some nice beer for me. Uh, but that, that's that, 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 <laughs> it's it, the opposite. It, does sound like, it sounds like a
3: microbrewery <laughs> to me.
2: But um, it's, they're not doing that, are they? What, 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 uh, what are they doing? Well, this is a, this is a 12-week gut health programme brought on by a company called The Chuckling Goat, and it, it harnesses the health benefits of kefir uh, which is a fermented kind of goat's milk uh, uh, that that people can take as a supplement uh, to improve and feed the friendly bacteria that that live in our Live in our guts. Now it's more than just the kefir, because in there you'll get a full diagnostic test on on what your gut health is like. We'll send off a sample of your poo. You'll speak to some experts about your personal gut health, which good bacteria you've got, which ones need doing better, and then you get the supplements uh, of of the kefir. So it's a, it's a drink so is it, is that this, you can is make Is
0: this up. different depending on the result of your test?
2: Well, the balance between it will be different, uh, and so how much and how often you take it will be will be different. Uh, uh, and as well as the the, the kefir, depending on your test as well, you'll be encouraged to to take something called fish collagen, which are capsules uh, which contain uh, uh, fish collagen essentially, which again is really important to 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 feed your your gut bacteria. And the other thing which I found fascinating about this and i didn't know this until i started looking into the the chuckling goat is that often the soaps that we use and the lotions that we put on our skin are absorbed uh into our bodies and and can affect our gut bacteria as well so what they also do as part of their their package is give um some kefir soap all right we'll come on to that a minute let's
0: let's, can i just rewind you a tad
2: yeah of course kefir so this is
0: fermented goat's milk right fermented so, goat's have, milk yes have you had that because to I have. The, to my kind of tastes I'm thinking you know what that doesn't sound very nice
2: <laughs> well you know what I had it neat as it comes and it does taste a bit little bit like parmesan cheese which I don't mind the taste of but it can be it might be unpleasant for some people so you can blend it with 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 fruit or vegetables whatever you you like blueberries is a is a good one uh, uh, to blend it with uh, and you kind of build it up so you can add the flavor of fruit and vegetables to the kefir in a blender and oh. that will that will help and and like I said, and is, is it really that it different
0: to, to yogurt You know, because yogurt seems like it might be a similar sort of thing. So if you eat, eat some yogurt, maybe it's a similar effect.
2: Yes, yeah, so a live yogurt, you're absolutely you're right, contains prebiotics and, and friendly bacteria that will help replenish your, your gut. This is very specific, at, aimed at um, at uh, tackling gut health and improving uh, gut health. And alongside that, you get all the expertise of the, 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 the nutritionists who will talk to you specifically about, about yours. But you're absolutely right, you know. Uh, certain yogurts, live yogurts in particular, not all yogurts, do contain uh, uh, good bacteria, but not as many as kefir. That's fermented particularly for gut health. All right.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take your word that it tastes uh, tastes all right. Um, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> it's I'll, an acquired know, taste, I, I should try right? It. Let's say that. I, I haven't tried taste. it, so I can't read really <laughs> Right, so next thing you mentioned, which got me, again, worried about... Um, I'm not a fussy eater, by the way. I've got to tell you, I'm not a fussy eater. So this this might be... Coming across like I am. The next thing you mentioned, fish. What fish collagen? Fish collagen. Yes,
3: that fish doesn't collagen. sound particularly
0: tasty either. How, how,
3: how, how well, do you take
0: that, and what's that meant to do for you?
2: They come as granules, which you can put into the kefir, or you can you can blend into the smoothie. Uh, and and basically, you can't really taste them. But the idea of the of, of them is that they help you absorb the the, the kefir better. But also, it, it is very good for your your gut health in them in themselves as well so so it's all part of this really targeted approach to improve your gut health okay
0: so does does it help repair
2: i'm sure i saw somewhere that, that this stuff helps repair the gut lining that's right so over over years you know the food that we eat, or the damage that we can do, or the medication that we take can cause inflammation in the in the in the gut lining. A bit, you know, the inside skin of the gut needs to be needs to be healthy as well, uh, and and so the the collagen helps repair some of that inflammation. Uh, and and there's lots of evidence that that fish collagen in particular is is really good for that. So again, like I said, it's, it, it, it is you know granules that you add in and blend in with the with the shakes it is that to be fair i can't taste them like when i when i okay, take okay. them i was a bit nervous about it because thought, oh fish collagen uh, but i couldn't taste them at all all
0: right and, and when you say evidence you're talking uh, peer-reviewed published papers kind of oh thing, yeah so. yes you're
2: i would <laughs> i would only be i would only be talking about this if it is evidence-based not just from this company but beyond
0: Okay, good. No, I'm glad to hear that. Right, let's let's move on to the other thing you mentioned. You were talking about the, the the soap and lotion. Now, okay, I've already told you I'm not a medical person at all, but I do. I'm sure I remember from doing O level biology, which kind of shows you how old I am, uh, <laughs> being told that the the skin actually was a pretty effective barrier. Now, one of its jobs was to keep the nasty things out. Um, yeah. So. You know, if if we're using different sort of soaps and stuff, will we really
2: absorb toxins? And You know, what sort of toxins might we absorb? It's not necessarily about absorbing toxins. So you're right in that the skin is a barrier. You know, it protects us against, you know, it's waterproof. It protects against lots of things that come into contact with us. But it's not completely impermeable. There are things that can get through in tiny bacteria and viruses are, are part of that but but also chemicals are are, are are part of that so so you know we all use soaps well we, I hope we do or, or cleaning uh, kind of <laughs> chemicals in the shower in the bath uh to try you know to clean our skin and and it feels good to be clean absolutely but what we don't want to do is is introduce chemicals that take off the you know the the harmful bacteria of our of our skin which is really important but that can get into our bloodstream, into our gut, uh, and then cause problems with the friendly bacteria uh, that, that live there. We need something that's going to get rid of what we don't want on our skin, keep us clean, but at the same time, not affect our, our gut bacteria.
0: Okay. All right. So, so, this, so this soap, is, is what ha- what's special about it? How, how does it do that?
2: So it, it's made from goat's milk. Again, the, a lot of the focus on, on, on the chuckling goat in this in the naso. So it's based on, uh, it? yeah. on, on on goats, and it's chemical free, uh, and it's all made of natural goat's uh, 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 milk materials, really. And so, if you do use it, it doesn't. It does help you get clean. It does. I have been using it uh, for god nearly ten weeks now, and uh, and so you do get that clean feeling, which I think you need to feel when you wash yourself. Uh, but at the same time, I'm hoping it's not affecting my my gut bacteria in the way that soaps that I used before did, which I'd have no idea about. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea that they could do that. But I looked again at the evidence, and, and it turns out there is evidence to say that the things that we use on our skin can get absorbed into our bodies and affect our gut health.
0: Okay. All right. Now this is so. This is kind of news news to me for sure. Um, mm. All right. So so well this might be dangerous territory i mean
2: what what sort of soaps might be dangerous to use it's not that they're, they're dangerous it's just one might be better than the other you know you're not you're not causing yourself you're not putting yourself in danger by using soaps you know we, right. we've advised on uh on on soaps for a long time for a number of reasons you know for for people with with sensitive skin we'll will go for for more moisturizing soaps those with Severe eczema, we'll advise them not to use soaps at all and just water, really, or or we will prescribe soaps for them. So, you know, there's certainly never been a one soap fix all kind of kind of thing. But what we're learning, and I think this is the thing about gut health, is is it's so integral to our our general health. You know, we talked about IBS, but it's linked to so many other things as well. Having a healthy gut is linked to good heart health. It's linked to good mental health. It's it's actually helps to reduce. Uh, uh or manage your blood sugars it can it can help with with keeping to a, a healthy weight as well there's so many benefits to this this big kind of group of microorganisms right. living Actually, in I, our, I've, I've in certainly our gut. spoken
0: to some scientists that are, are, are looking at the health of our gut and how that relates to um potential cancers as well uh, yeah and how cancers may develop so yeah i mean there's 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 an awful lot of stuff, an awful lot of people working on uh, and thinking about uh, the health of our gut.
2: Yes. And and this is another kind of facet to that. So anything we know how sensitive our gut microbiome can be. And and what we're learning is things that we put anywhere on our body, really the skin, you know, the things we eat, even the, you know, anything that we might come into contact with, anything that has the risk of getting absorbed uh, and affecting the gut bacteria. Uh, uh, are, are, we've got to be really careful about. But like I say, it's not about being dangerous. The soaps you're using are certainly not dangerous, but some are better than others.
0: Sure, sure. All right, so this is this is uh, fascinating. So if, if people are listening to this and thinking, hmm, either, either, you know, I'd like to find out a bit more, or I've been suffering from irritable bowel syndrome, or a friend of mine or someone in my family has been suffering from uh, from this, Where can they go for a bit more information and just find out a bit more? Um, Can you point people to a good source?
2: Yeah, I'll point you to two two sources, really. If if you want to learn, learn more about irritable bowel itself... Uh, then I, I always advise my patients go to the NHS website and just type in irritable bowel into the search engine there when you get to the NHS website, because that has all the, the information about irritable bowel itself and how you might want to diagnose it and speak to your doctor. If you want to learn more about the chuckling goat and the and the kefir and the products they provide and how they can help you, the place to go to is uh, chucklinggoat.co.uk. Excellent.
0: All right, look, so... Emir, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to chat. It does sound like this could, this could potentially make quite a few people's lives uh, a little more comfortable.
2: Yes, and that's the aim. You know, I know, and speaking to my patients, is, is you know, I know how, how difficult irritable bowel can be and how it can affect people's life on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and whether it's through chuckling goat or whether it's through modifying your diet and looking at what you're eating, you know, there are ways that you can help Yourself and, and so please, you know, have a look or speak to a healthcare professional about that.
0: Good. Amir, thank you very much indeed for chatting.
2: My pleasure, thank you. This show is cool.
0: Just following on from Dr. Amir Khan's comments about antibiotics, if you are prescribed antibiotics, please take the whole dose. If you don't, you may not kill the bacteria completely and they can become resistant to the drugs. So um, resistance to um, antibiotics is becoming a real big problem. So please don't uh, contribute to it. And also, do not dish out any pills you might have left over to friends and relatives. Um, And actually, you shouldn't have left over, any left over, as I just said. Hopefully, the next Secretary of State for Health and social care will be a little more sensible uh, with their advice. Uh, Thank you very much to my guests on this week's show. And they were Daniel Nathraf of Ada Health and Dr. Amir Khan talking about irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. Thank you to you for listening. And a special thanks to the show sponsor, AlgaCells, who bring regenerative orthopedic medicine to the UK. Do see their website, olgasales.com for details and if you or a loved one are in pain do have a look that was the relax back uk show with me mike dill thank you for listening and please do join us again next time